Hi, I'm Greg Lefebvre, and this is The Compulsive Storyteller, a series of short personal stories where we explore the idea that truth can be stranger than fiction. This week I'm trying something new, four micro-stories, each around two minutes long. One is entitled, That's My Joke, another, Albert the Alligator, the third is called The Errant Umbrella, and the last one, Tossing the Bird. That's my joke. I have an actor acquaintance named Nikki, who's appeared in many films, usually as a bad guy or a mid-level character actor. One day I tell him an off-color joke. What has two thumbs is French and loves a good blowjob. I then act out the answer, pointing back at myself with my two extended thumbs and say, moi. A few months later, Nikki wakes me up at 2 a.m. with a call from Alaska, where he has a role in a film called Insomnia, starring Al Pacino. Your joke is in a movie I'm filming here, he tells me. There's a scene which features a dirty joke and no one likes it, so the director asked if anybody had a better joke, and I told them your joke, and everyone liked it, so we reshot the scene with your joke. Given that I'm only half awake, I pretty much forget the whole call. A year later, I'm in a theater with another friend to see Insomnia. When Nikki shows up on screen, I tell my companion, wow, I know that guy. Then when the scene comes on with a joke, I get totally excited and loudly blurt out, that's my joke, that's my joke. Everyone around me in the audience tells me to shut up. Shh, shh. My response, what's the matter, can't you guys take a joke? No one laughs, but I do. Albert the Alligator. The urban myth about alligators living in the sewers of New York City started in the 1960s because New Yorkers were flushing baby alligators down the toilet. They were sold in comic books and mailed from Florida all over the country. I know this because I ordered one. It arrived in a 12-inch long thin cardboard box with a drawing of an alligator on either side. I opened the end nearest the tail, getting a nasty bite on my finger because the little guy was packed in the box in the opposite direction from the illustration. I named him Albert and built him a large wooden pen with its own pool in my backyard. While painting the pen white, I spilled a blob of paint on his scaly back and it dried and couldn't be removed. Albert grew quickly on a diet of hamburger meat and after three years, he was over three feet long. As his skin grew, the white paint blob separated into smaller clusters of white spots. Now my parents feared that he was a danger to other kids so we decided to donate him to the zoo, which had a tropically-themed aquatic pen full of large alligators. Whenever I visited the zoo, I could always pick out Albert by the white spots on his back. By the time he was seven feet long, the spots had grown further and further apart. Finally, after many years, the spots disappeared altogether, so I renamed him Albert the Anonymous Alligator. If the lifespan of an alligator can reach 50-plus years, Old Albert may still be around. I hope so.
The Errant Umbrella. It's pouring rain in Lower Manhattan, and under my cheap little collapsible black umbrella, I'm still getting soaked from the waist down. As I run toward a clear glass bus shelter, I see that it's packed with wet people. But I go for it anyway, excusing myself as I push into the crowd, apologizing while I collapse my umbrella. The shelter is so packed that I'm still getting wet, so I put up my umbrella to run across the street to a nearby covered doorway. As I hold the umbrella out into the rain and press the button to pop it open, the umbrella part shoots out from the handle and lands in front of a speeding cab, which blows its horn, then runs over my umbrella. The bus shelter crowd erupts in laughter. Then there's a second round of laughs because people realize that they're laughing at somebody else's misfortune. But I'm laughing too. I get one more laugh when I ask, does does anybody need an umbrella handle? Tossing the bird. When I lived in Boston, I regularly gave the finger to bad drivers, errant bicyclists, and misbehaving pedestrians. People sometimes reciprocated in kind, but no one ever pulled out a gun. Not so in New York City. One night, I'm standing off the curb, waiting for the light to change so I can cross Broadway, when a white stretched limo, trying to back up, lays on his horn and slowly backs up and hits me. I then pound on his trunk and give him the finger, which the driver sees in his rearview mirror. He then jumps out, brandishes a pistol, and I have to run like hell. In a similar incident while driving, a yellow cab is speeding toward me, going the wrong way on a narrow one-way street. We both come to a stop facing each other. I give him the finger, and he pulls out a Glock. I duck down and look wildly around to see which window he will approach. I wait and wait and wait, and nothing happens. Finally, I peek up over the dashboard to see that he has backed up the block and is gone. Now, instead of flipping off the finger, I make an OK sign, which still gives me the satisfaction of a hand gesture, particularly if I say to myself, nice move, asshole. And thus far, no one has pulled out a gun. Fingers crossed. The Compulsive Storyteller is written and narrated by me, Greg Lefebvre, and co-produced with Peter Kokoma, who's also made our theme song. If you enjoyed this week's episode, we'd love your help sharing the show. Please subscribe to The Compulsive Storyteller for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And also, if you could leave a review, that would be fantastic. Follow the show on Instagram, at The Compulsive Storyteller, And check out our website for more information at thecompulsivestoryteller.com. Thanks for listening. And if you don't like this one, the next one will be another story. 